You know, as you can see the topic today, what I want to share to you is on the topic of revival. You know, I just want to ask uh, you here, how many of you have experienced revival in your life? Okay, that's great. You know, as you must have heard just recently about the Ashbury revival that is going on in U.S., you know, that God is moving over there where a bunch of students, they met together, you know, for the normal prayer meeting on, I believe it was on a Tuesday morning, 10 a.m., and it was supposed to be one-hour meeting, but God moved there by his manifest presence and this bunch of students carry on praying and worshiping God and uh, I don't know whether it is still going on uh, right now but what I heard that 24-7 they're continuously worshiping God and more and more people started gathering and people who were not saved started getting saved People were touched, people were delivered. So things are happening right now uh, in Ashbury. I mean, if you go on YouTube and just, you know, put down Ashbury Revival live, you will come across the videos over there. And over the years, you know, we also have heard of revivals in different places. Um, you know, things happening over there and I myself have been part of a revival. This is back in India, uh, in city of Mumbai, where we saw the move and power of God. And I'm telling you, when you experience that revival, it's so, so powerful, so, so good. You know, I still remember when, as church, we went, you know, camping uh, on the beach uh, in Mumbai. And... Um, you know, one evening when we just gathered together to have communion, and it was like dark and you could hear the sea, um, you know, and as we were having communion, suddenly we felt the presence of God in our midst. It was so powerful, and we were all just crying like small babies, you know, crying to God and crying, you know, experiencing that tangible presence of God. And it went on for hours. And every meeting that we used to gather together, you know, the moment we say, okay, let's start the meeting, God's presence used to come. And people were on the floor, kneeling down, worshiping, crying. And even unbelievers who did not know anything, anything about Jesus, the moment they entered the building, they used to cry and give their life to Jesus. And as an average, in those period of time in that city, about 2,000 house churches were planted. You know. So I have experience. I know what it is. And my prayer is this. Lord, let it happen here. Let it happen in this nation, in this place, in this church. So what is revival? Revival is manifest presence of God. We know that God is present everywhere. You know, the scripture says, in him we live and move and have our being. He's there everywhere. But then there are times when he manifests himself 
in a tangible way where people experience his power, his presence, where you can feel him, his peace, his love, his joy, his warmthness. But also, revival brings a spiritual awakening. We find that in scripture later, we'll go through a couple of them. So, revival brings the manifest presence of God and also it brings a spiritual awakening. And what are the results of revival? You know, it creates a desire to love God more. It brings an appreciation for God's holiness. It brings a passion for His Word and His church. It brings a convicting awareness of personal and corporate sin. It brings a spirit of humility. It deepens the believer's faith, opening his or her eyes to the truth in a fresh and new way. It brings a desire for repentance and growth in righteousness. Then it brings salvation of souls. This is what happens when revival comes. <clears throat> Apart from all the signs, wonders, miracles that we see, healings that we see. You know, one thing I would like to say this. You don't have revival by seeking revival, but by seeking God. That's the key. That's very important. Many times we seek after revival. But the more we seek God, the more we become passionate for God, the more we become committed to God, God says, hey, I want to move amongst you. I want to come in the midst of you and show you my presence, make you experience my presence and my love. You know, a psalmist says in Psalm 35, verse 22, he says, do not keep silence, O Lord, do not be far from me. And this is my prayer. Lord, do not keep silent. Do not be far from me. Do not be far from me, Lord. And in the Bible we see, there was a period of time when God was silent. He did not speak, he did not move, he did not, nothing major happened. And we see those, what we call it, silent years. In, you know, when, from the time of Malachi to the New Testament, first century AD, it is called silent years, where nothing major happened. There was no widespread revelation. And then we also see in Abraham's life, in Genesis 16, 16, you know, when we read that he, Abraham thought that he will try to help God by fulfilling the promise that God had given them, that they will have a son. And through Hagar, they had Ishmael. But I believe God was not pleased. And the scripture says in verse 16 that he was 86 years old. 
And the next time that God spoke to Abraham was when he was 99 years old. You will find that in Genesis 17 verse 1. For 13 years, God was silent. Then we also see 400 years of silence when the Israelites were slave to the Egyptians. They were suffering and they were crying out to God. But God was silent for 400 years. But then God chose Moses and moved through him by power and by might. And then we see in prophet Samuel's childhood, you know, first Samuel chapter 3 verse 1, it says, in, the, in those days there was no widespread revelation, as if God was silent, God was not doing anything. Then God chose a Samuel to speak to the people of Israel. But we also see the biblical examples of revival. The first one we see is Moses. When Moses took the people of Israel out of Egypt, signs, wonders and miracles were happening. And of course, the Israelites, when they experienced the miracles, they were happy and they were revived and came back to God. But after some days, they again went back to do their own things. And there were many occasions where the people of Israel, they experienced the tangible presence of God. The glory cloud, the miracles. Even there were times when they dedicated their life to the Lord. There was time when building of the tabernacle, they brought the offering so much so Moses had to say to the people of Israel, please stop giving your offering. There's more than enough. Then we see Joshua. There was a time when Joshua gave a call and he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whom will you serve this day? And the people responded, said, There was like a spiritual awakening. They said, We will serve the Lord our God. And then they conquered the land. We see Solomon's temple. When Solomon built the temple, something happened over there when they dedicated the temple. The scripture says in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, 13 to 14, the trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good, his faithful love endures forever. And you know what happened? It says at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Wow. I would like to experience that thick glory cloud of God's presence. It says the priest couldn't do, perform anything. They all must be in awe 
Wow. And that's what they experienced in the time of Solomon. Then in time of Ezra, we see, when Ezra wanted to build the temple of God, the scripture says here in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 2 to 6, so on October 8, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon. So from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. He read the scripture from morning till noon. And all the people listened closely to the book of the law. I mean, sometimes when you preach, even for half an hour, you will find difficult to get people's attention. Here, from morning till noon, he was just reading the scripture. He was, he was not even preaching. He was just reading the scripture. And what it says, all the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all arose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen. As they lifted their hands, then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Can you imagine that scene? You know, Ezra is standing on that platform reading the word of God and everyone stood up, said, Amen, Amen. And they bowed down on their faces to the ground and worshipped God. That was that one revival we see in time of Ezra. Then as you know, on the day of Pentecost, when all... These believers gathered together in the upper room. The Holy Spirit, Bible says, suddenly the Holy Spirit came. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They started speaking in tongues. Many from outside, when they looked at them, they said, looks like they're drunk. So sometimes in revival, if you see people behaving a bit weirdly, don't be bothered. Let God do his work. Then we see Cornelius. Peter goes to Cornelius' house. You know, that itself is a beautiful story, how it all happened. Cornelius was a centurion, Roman centurion, a commander. And God gives him the vision. He invites Peter to come and preach the gospel. And this is what happens in Acts 10, 44 to 46, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And magnify God. Wow. These are just few things I shared to you. 
when you read you know the bible throughout the bible there are different occasions when revival came where there was a spiritual awakening and also there was the manifest presence of god book of judges when you read different judges that came the list are here and different time they came there was that spiritual awakening where people of israel they came back to god and cried out to god for help and god helped them and god helped them then after what we read in the new testament after that you know i just found this list of revivals or spiritual awakening that happened through the ages right from 1170s of course there must be some occasions before that which we don't hear or maybe it has not been recorded right from 1170s to the present date the list was so much i couldn't fit in properly in this slide it went on to different parts of the world the list goes on you know and interestingly even i found there was a revival in london at one point then also i found there were some revivals in different parts of india and some other nations and you know i some of them i went into a bit deep to see what exactly happened over there and some of the stories are so powerful at some place where people are gathering together and just praying and they were all filled with the presence of god it was so powerful the unbelievers outside that building when they looked at towards the building they saw literal fire and they thought there is a fire going on they brought water to douse that fire there were signs wonders miracles that happened people of god do you need that do you want to experience god in your life in a mighty way you know as we become believer as we come to the lord our life can become a routine you know we go to church we go to life group we go to prayer meeting we go to this and that and it becomes like a routine in our life but god wants us you know more than that he's more than our routine life he wants us to seek him passionately seek him passionately cry out to him what did jesus say seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be open for you how much are we seeking you know this famous scripture second chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land 
We need to humble ourselves. And it's not about you and me. It is all about him. And when we come to that realization, to that place, seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, God's promise is this. I will hear from heaven. I will come down. I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. I will do it. But many times, you know, God, God is waiting on us. And many times we even don't realize that he's there. It's like Mary Magdalene. When she went to the tomb, you know, she was serving. She wanted to serve. And we can be in that place that where we are serving him, doing things for God. And Jesus was standing behind and called out and she didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. How many of us, because she didn't expect that Jesus to rise from the dead and to be standing next to her and calling out to her. And many times we can serve God without that expectation what God will do. And we miss many times the opportunity. You know, Bible says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is there with us. He's waiting on us. Sometimes, you know, it is like church can be a place where when God wants to move, or when God moves, he will stir up things. He will do things, you know, he can be a bit messy. It's like, you know, I get this picture where the church building is there and there is a window and there's a pile of paper on a table and when you open that window and suddenly the wind flows in and it shatters all the papers that is there, messes up all everything. And the next thing what we do is go and close the window. And God says, let me do what I want to do. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. You know, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 2 to 4. This was when the ark of God came back from the Philistines. It was, it came back to Israelites. It says, so it was that the ark remained in Kirjath Jerim a long time. It was there 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel saying, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the asteroids from among you and prepare your hearts before the Lord. Prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the asteroids and served the Lord only. How many gods we have in our life 
that has taken place of God. That place which rightfully belongs to God has been replaced by other things in our life. The priorities. Those things in your life can become like God's where you give more and more time to it. But God says, return to me. Return to me. Seek after me. Serve me only. And I will return to you. Lastly, I'll close in with this scripture. From Psalms 126. This is the promise of revival. This is what happens when revival comes. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. This speaks about the harvest, bringing in sheaves with him, bringing the harvest with him. You know, for revival, dedication is required. For revival, passion is required after God. For revival, repentance is required. For revival, sacrifice is required. The question is, are we ready for that? Are we prepared for that? You know, it reminds me of... Uh, Many years back, went to watch a circus, you know, the circus in the tent. And we bought the ticket and we bought a bit cheaper ticket, so we were right at the back. And where I was sitting, right in front of me, there was a big pole. You know, so I, every time I had to put my neck out, you know, and to say, and my wife was sitting, what are you doing, you know? So I can't see. And then I looked at the people right in the front, front row. And I felt a bit jealous, envy, said, wow, these people have such a good view. They are so close. You know, they can see everything so closely. But then I realized they had paid higher price to be there. In the same way, you want to encounter that presence, encounter the power of God, we need to learn to pay the higher price of sacrifice. And I'm telling you, God will do wonders. If I can ask the worship team to just play the music.
We saw this morning what is revival, what are the results of revival. Then we saw how there was a time in the Bible we see the silent years when God did not move, God did not speak. But then we also see there were times when God moved in power, in different times, in different ways. And which didn't stop in the book of Acts, but it continued. It continued through the ages. More so, God is moving even more powerfully in this century. And I believe with all the things that is happening around us, I know, yes, Jesus is coming soon. We are living in last days. But I also believe that God will move in power. And the reason I'm sharing to you this morning, people of God, let us come to that place where say, Lord, we are hungry, we are thirsty. Lord, help me to remove those gods from my life, those things that hinder, those things that take your place. Lord, help me to repent from it, to remove it, and to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. I seek you. I'm hungry for you, Lord. I'm hungry for you. How many times we must have quenched the Holy Spirit and craved Him? But He always comes back. He always comes back. He's waiting. He's waiting. God is speaking to you this morning. Where you are saying to God, Lord, forgive me for all those gods in my life. I want your fresh touch. Fill me, Lord. Bring me to that place. But I want to seek you. Fill me once again with your holy presence. Feel free to come in front even as we worship God. And I'll ask the leaders to come in front and Anyone needs prayer to pray with our brothers and sisters.